we ask open-ended questions, meaning we ask a question where somebody else can control it a little bit. For example, instead of asking a... You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education, tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at The Right Club dot com now on with the podcast hey right club nation welcome back to another episode of the podcast i'm alfonso slemmy here with my amazing co-host sarah larby how's it going sarah doing well doing well counting down the days to my retirement by the time that this airs i probably will be retired but october right. 1st last day of work awesome, I'm really excited. awesome that's right i know when we first met that was like you were like laser focused on, on that goal. And that was, I think, uh, almost three years ago in the making. And I know even earlier than that, when you first started getting involved in real estate investing and kudos to you and a huge, huge congratulations. I'm super proud of you. And you're just a force. You are just a force. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever's listening to this podcast, if this lady here has something on her mind, she is going to accomplish it. So uh, yeah, that's a huge accomplishment for yourself and a great encouragement for, for all the listeners that are on here today. Um, make that a clear goal, put what you have. And, and it's a great segue into our podcast today. We, we interviewed uh, Mark Frentz, uh, who is an executive coach, and he talks a little bit about, you know, what, how to achieve those goals. And sometimes we do get scared. And, you know, I didn't mention it on the podcast, but that's what sometimes, like, if you would have thought four and five and six years ago, okay, hey, I, I want to retire. Like, that's a huge goal, but you had to take the steps to mm -hmm. get there, right? It just didn't happen overnight. It took you some time, took you some, you know, bumps, bruises, lessons along the way. And I think that's that's the thing is that pursuit, that continuing to go on and nothing stopped you. you. You took it as a learning lesson and moved it on and got better and better. And look at now a couple more weeks and boom, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alfonso. I know freedom is always what I had in the, in the back of my mind. But you know what the thing is, is I'm just going to enjoy doing stuff that I enjoy doing now, right? Not that I didn't love my work. It, it was great, but it's still a job and you're still working for someone else and you're still making somebody else rich that you probably don't even know at the top. But now, you know, at the end of the day, I, I can focus more on real estate. I can focus more on, you know, my family and, and just relaxing a little bit, but, you know, doing what I do love, which is the podcast and, and all that fun stuff. But, you know, what about you, Alfonso? What's going on in your world? Yeah, so we're continuing on. The rent-to-own business is, you know, picking up back again and a lot more people as qualifications get tougher for people and harder to qualify and purchase prices continue to escalate. Those, those were helping a lot more families become homeowners, exiting out a lot of properties. And uh, yeah, the cottage business is picking up. We had a really, really great summer up in Port Stanley, the Port Stanley cottages. I only got out for a couple of weeks out to the cottage because we were so, so booked and there's such a high demand, but uh, yeah, continuing to grow that business and the short-term rental. I know you're, you're at the cottage quite a bit over the, uh, over the summertime as well too. So continuing to grow that and yeah, continuing to grow the right club, the online community, really picking up steam, having some amazing conversations with, 
you know, obviously everything is a lot done over the internet and digitally now, people that I haven't actually met, but I feel like I know and, and know their stories because we've been able to share some stories through the forums, through the different uh, features of the website that uh, really people are connecting and growing together. And that's the big thing. And, and you know, I'm pretty sure I didn't ask you this before, but Sarah, you, you didn't do this all on your own, right? You had people helping along the way, I would assume. You need a team. There's nobody that's doing anything over time successfully on their own, right? You've, you've got to build a team of experts, the ones that can help you to get to that next level, the one that's going to be, the ones that are going to be able to, you know, give you the pitfalls and, and the things to watch out for and just help you along the way. So definitely could not have done this all by myself. And it is wonderful. So therightclub.com, you'll have access to a lot of, you know, other great like-minded people, investors, look and, and check out all of our prior events. Like there's so much stuff in there that even if you're living wherever it is, or now we're remote, you've got great people just a click away message. You can message people. You can actually read some different blogs. So you have a lot of great tools, despite what's going to happen with COVID, despite what's going to happen with the economy. You know, we are all here to support each other, but you know, you don't have to do it alone either. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, you can get all that information. And if you are you know, a seasoned vet and been in the real estate investing game for a while, we want to hear from you because a lot of people can learn. And, you know, we, we, um, we interview a lot of people on this podcast. I, I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to be getting up to, but it's going to be over 100 by the end of the year. And, you know, a lot of people are hesitant at first. Oh, I don't want to get on the podcast. I know I was when on your podcast, right? When we were talking a few years back and people were like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know much about that. Guys, everybody has something to share. So we want to hear from you. We want your experiences. We want something to share. We just did a live event the other night and we, we put a question out and within 10, 15 minutes, we got some answers and different points of view from across it. And that's really is the power individually, you know, we're individuals, but together uh, we're, we're much stronger. And uh, yeah, th that's the cool thing is that we're all there. It's at your fingertips, right in your hand uh, at all times, 24 hours a day. But uh, I'm really, I'm really pumped for this podcast today. Mark, what was a great interview. He had a lot of great tips. So um, yeah, why don't you say, let's get right to, right, right to the interview. All right, let's do it. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I am fantastic right now. Yeah, things are, things are going well. Awesome, awesome. So for those that may not know of you or, or have met you, can you give us a 30,000 foot view of who you are and, and what it is that you do in real estate? Who am I and what I do in real estate? Uh, yeah, that's a big question. I'll try to be succinct here. Who I am, I'm, 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 I'm a coach. I'm an executive coach that helps people get to their goals. Uh, so there are a lot of coaches that, that teach systems or whatever. I'm not that coach. I'm the person who helps people get to their goals. And, and that's how I fit into real estate. I originally hired a mentor. We were just actually talking about this before the podcast, but it's amazing how people get into real estate and, and, and build wealth through real estate. And I was always fascinated with that. Bought my first property when I was 19 years old. But then when I realized I needed to get more coaching myself and learn more, I hired people in my life. That was a fantastic investment I've made many times over. And, and, and went and got my psych degree, practiced psychology for a while and went, I, I think I can help people really well with getting the things done that they know they already need to do. So that, that's kind of a 30,000 foot view. Right on. So when you're working with a lot of your clients or, or, or coaching and, and working with them to get through the things that they need to do, what's one of the most common things or the more common things that you see that, you know, that maybe it's really simple for you from the outside view, but people just can't get past that or, or that it's something common that comes up with a lot of your clients. 
Oh, yeah, I would say probably two things. One is the sales process. Sales terrify most of, most of the people I know. And, and they used to terrify me. This is something that I really struggled with. And sales has gone from this really complex, scary thing for me and for most of my clients to something that can is actually not scary at all and is actually not a chore. It's, it's something fun to do. And the, the switch there, that simple thing that you're asking about, the switch is instead of manipulating people, instead of forcing people to come around to your point of view, it, it's getting to know people. And, and that's something that's enjoyable to get to know people, get to know their issues, get to know their problems, get to know their objections, get to know what gets in their way. And once we get to know that, it's a delight to find solutions that really do fit their situation. And, and to me, that's, that's what good sales is. I think the other thing would probably be simply procrastination with the things, and I mentioned this before, but the things we, we know we need to do, we're simply not doing it. Uh, that, that's another thing that I consistently find that I, I can help people with. Very cool. So my background is actually in sales. And okay. uh, so I've worked in sales, you know, in my corporate world from whether it was Cintas or Xerox or, you know, Lavazza just, just recently, but you're right. People are terrified of sales. And it's, I think when, when you think of sales, you think of that, like used car salesman type of like persona, <laughs> of, you know, wheeling and dealing and doing some shady stuff, but it definitely doesn't have to be that way. So what are some of the things like that you do tell somebody that's like, I, I want to, you know, help people and I want to be able to, you know, not only help people, but take my life and make an income from, from coaching or from, from whatever it is, but I'm terrified of sales. What are some things that you do to work with them through that, that mindset piece? One quick thing that I take every client through is simply teaching them that everyone is a salesperson. We're already salespeople. We already sell people. We sell our kids on eating broccoli and we sell our spouse on which vacation to go on. And we sell, sell everyone on everything every day. That's what we're doing every day. Now, most of us are terrible salespeople. We're terrible at actually getting to know what people's problems are and, and then investing in them and rather than focusing on ourselves. But th that's the key is simply fully focusing on another human being for a period of time. And the cool thing is we, we've got all these, people talk about all these tricks with sales. People talk about, oh, well, build rapport or do this and do that. I found if you listen well, so, so few of us have ever been listened to well in our lives. So few of us feel understood. So when we have, have somebody come by, actually, this is an exercise that I do with a lot of people. I say, hey, listen, when's the last time you went to a, a gathering, a party, whatever it was, and you met somebody and you came away going, that is a fascinating person. And then you realize, wait a second, they didn't even talk about themselves very much. We find other people fascinating if they listen to us. And so if we can become that person that listens and engages and gets to know somebody, we create a beautiful experience for somebody. We build far more rapport than we ever would in any other way. We make a friend and in the end, even if it doesn't turn into a sale with them, it's going to turn into a sale with someone down the line because we, we've made some uh, a connection, a deeper connection with somebody who cares about us now. Hey, I want to tell you about this awesome new podcast, totally worth listening and subscribing to. It's called Real Time. It is a monthly podcast from the Canadian Real Estate Association, Korea, bringing realtors inspiring insights on all things Canadian real estate. Real Time is hosted by Canadian radio icon Aaron Davis and features a new industry expert every single month. 
Marketer Terry O'Reilly, for example, shares tips to help realtors build their brand using storytelling and emotional connections. Researcher and president of Real Trends, Steve Murray, talks about the foundational elements of real estate and how trust and communication are critical to a realtor's success. So listen and subscribe at crea.ca forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts for realtors. But even if you're not a realtor, definitely some great Canadian real estate content to listen to. So don't forget, listen and subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to shift this to the real estate investing world and, you know, those that are in the businesses, networking is a big piece. Okay. And, I, and this is just a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot, but networking is a big piece. And there were some people that were, you know, able to sell quote unquote by networking. And like you said, listening to others and understanding them. Now that we are virtual, how can we get across and still be able to network from a virtual standpoint, not being in front of somebody? So I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if you have some tips and some suggestions, this is a real dilemma that we're, we're working with right now. Yeah. And, and this is, this is a fact. If you get into the high end business world, we all know this, that when you get into the high end business world, why do people play golf? Why do people go for coffee? Why do people do go for dinner? Because the, the, that, Person-to-person contact is really important. We, we get a read for people when we do that. And I've, I've had a Zoom account, I'm proud to say, for like four years now. I've used Zoom a lot. And I, I find Zoom is actually a really unique tool. Before I, before I started doing virtual calls, I thought, come on, like you miss so much. And it's true, it's not the exact same. But a Zoom call actually can substitute a lot. So any chance I get... To, to have a Zoom call, to still meet somebody for coffee, but have a Zoom call at the very least, rather than a phone call makes a difference. But again, it comes down to the basic skills. When you can look into somebody's face and you can, you can ask a really good question, or you can see, hey, that's, that's, that was uncomfortable for that person. Let me ask about that. And, and you, you get into it a little bit deeper. It's not person-to-person contact, it's close. And, and again, the basic skill set is the same. All influence, whether it's networking, whether it's sales, whatever it is, all influence, whether it's, again, broccoli with your kids, comes down to finding out what somebody's going through, what's coming up in their minds, and then helping them out with it. Yeah, it's, it's alleviating those fears, really, right? Because we're born, we're neat, you know, the, the, the environment that we're, we're raised in, the things, the things that we experience throughout our lives impact the way that we view things, right? So the three of us could look at one thing and, and see it, you know, probably even 20 different ways, but at least maybe three different ways, right? And getting onto that same track. And I love what you said about focusing in and listening in. And sometimes I'm, I'm, uh, I'm guilty of that, maybe using my ears and mouth out of proportion, right? And, uh, you know, you're supposed to have two ears and one mouth, but um, maybe what are some like constant things that people can practice every day, maybe on their own? Because I think you said we're always selling, we're even selling ourselves, right? On what to do on, you know, whether it's working out, read more, improve ourselves. So what are some like daily, daily tips that, you know, somebody can go and apply right today that somebody that's listening to this at the Right Club Nation can leave this podcast and go and start applying today? Yeah, I'll give you some, some that are far on, really far on the simple end and some that are a little more complex. One thing that I would really encourage anyone to do is to practice what, what, what Brian Tracy calls in Maximum Achievement. He talks about developing a pleasing personality. When we have a pleasing personality, people want to be around us. So a couple of quick tips with that. One, read how to influence, how to win friends and influence people. That, that is a seminal book, <clears throat> ridiculously simple, but helps 
people go, hey, if I listen well, if I, if there's so many, I read this to my kids all the time because they practice this at school. And it's so valuable in influence. When people like you, they're influenced more by you. A really even, a, a, an extremely simple tip, practice smiling more. When we smile more, people are drawn to us. And, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be completely transparent here. Some of my clients struggle with this and it, it's gonna hurt your face for the first while if you're not used to this. But, but if you practice smiling like anything, like riding a bike or whatever, you get used to it, your muscles develop more and it does take a lot of facial muscles to do this. But once you start smiling more, you will find people interact with you completely differently. I've, I've, I've lived in China, I've lived in Sweden, I've, I've done a whole bunch of crazy things. And no matter where I am, no matter what culture I'm in, when I smile a lot, people are drawn to me. And so it, it's, it's this thing that I, I learned accidentally that's been really useful for me. Um, on, the other, on the other end of, of, of things that we can practice, it's practicing, and I, I'm gonna simplify this. Usually I take time to, to teach people this, but something that people can work towards is asking open-ended questions versus closed-ended questions. And the difference is real, and I know you guys know this, but for the audience, a closed-ended question is anything that can be answered with one word. So what's your favorite color? Green, blue, yellow, whatever. What, did, you, did you like school today? Yes or no? These are horrible questions. We, we use these all the time and there is a purpose for them at certain times. But for the most part, if we wanna get better at getting to know people and going a little bit deeper, we ask open-ended questions, meaning we ask a question where somebody else can control it a little bit. For example, instead of asking a, an, an investor or potential investor, hey, what date did you get into real estate investing or how many homes do you own or properties do you own? Those, those are closed-ended questions. Instead saying, hey, what drew you to real estate? That's a question where somebody can go anywhere. And, and again, people start to feel understood when they can go on their own terms rather than dictated by the question. If, if you ask a kid, again, coming back to kids, but when you ask a kid, what's your favorite subject at school? That assumes they like school. And that's why it's not a great question because now if a kid doesn't like school, they can't go anywhere with it. But if you ask them, hey, what, what is something, what did you enjoy most about your day? Well, now they can talk about the playground because they didn't enjoy school. And that allows people just a little more freedom to express themselves. Once people start talking, you can then go a second level deeper. I'm going to talk about this just for a second. That second level is so if somebody says, hey, I enjoyed this, you can ask, what did you enjoy about that? I'm scared of this what are you scared of? What, what, what is terrifying you in this? When we go deeper into the emotional realm with people, people share far more, they feel safer with us, and we will find their objections, which is key to solving problems. I hope that answers that. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation. Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment focused, high volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the Right Club find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. 
a little bit about myself. If you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in, in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca. That is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca. And let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Yeah, that, that's a really great answer. And I, I will say, imagine how boring these podcasts would be if we just asked you these close-ended questions where you give us one-word <laughs> answers. And it would actually make our lives so much more difficult because we would have to have a whole series of questions versus just having that conversation and asking those open-ended questions. And, and like you said, taking the conversation in any which direction, it just makes it a lot more entertaining. So the next open-ended question that I would like to ask you is there's a lot of people listening that want to either get a joint venture partner or work with somebody that is bringing something to the table that they may not have. So for example, somebody has the ability to hold financing, but they need a partner to bring in the money. Or if somebody has the experience and they're looking now for people to bring the money and the financing, what are some things that they could do to you know, bring and attract some of those potential partners to them? I, I believe that so much of the time we get stressed because we think everything needs to happen in the next instant. And people pick up on that stress. So it actually pushes people away from us rather than drawing them in. Every situation is different. So I'm hesitant to give like one size fits all approaches. But in, in my opinion, what we need to do is, again, get to know somebody in their stuff. So many times I've been on a call or like in person, been, been in a meeting with a potential investor. I ask them a few questions and I realize, wait a second, I've got a, I don't know, a rent to own deal that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm working on right now. This doesn't fit them. What fits them is a long-term buy and hold property based on their answers. So instead of pushing my deal on them, because I've been asking questions and listening to them, what I'll, what I'll do is say, hey, and this is, this is a really good question, I think, for, for everyone. Ask hypotheticals. Hey, so you, you've said this is important to you, this is important to you, this is important to you. If I were to find a property that could do this and this and this, would that be something that interests you? And when I provide hypotheticals like that, sometimes I've got something in my back pocket, sometimes I don't, but then I at least know what to work on. Um, so much of the time when it comes to financing and those kind of things, we're in the rush. So I would say the best thing is, and I, I'm sorry, because I'm not really answering your question, Sarah, but the best thing is to, is to back up a step and say, listen, if this deal falls apart, that's okay. How do, I, how do I get the next five deals done? And the way I'm going to get the next five deals done is getting to know somebody well and not pushing what I have in my back pocket necessarily, but making sure I answer their questions appropriately. So, hey, listen, this is, this is what we need to be prepared for the next deal. When the next deal comes, sometimes these move quick. Are you, are you okay with moving quick when this happens? They say, yes, we get the paperwork done. Now they're ready. Now, even if it comes in a month, two, three, whatever, when the deal is in, now we can close it quickly. So the people that I find that are excellent at this are always preparing. They're playing the long game. They're not simply 
peddling their little trinkets at the side of the road in the moment. They're, they're going, how do I really take care of this person? Because if, if somebody, I, I've had investors consistently that will close two, three, four, five deals with me. Well, that's way better than closing this one deal in front of me. So again, I don't know if I answered your question, Sarah. Ask again in a different yeah, way. No, it, no, it was really good. And I mean, I think that, that urgency sometimes backfires, right? And then just setting the, the legwork for that long game, I think is really important because if you are you know, urgent and you, you, you know, maybe people will think that you're a little bit more desperate and you don't want to ever come across as needing them versus trying to help them get to their goals. And I think that's the big difference where I see a lot of new, newer investors and they're like, I need a JV to get started because I don't have other, other means. And then they, they come across as like, you know, it's about them versus the other person, what their goals are and, and being able to, you know, I call it trial close in my, my sales lingo, but really understand what the other person's needs are and saying, if I come across something like this, is that something that you'd like me to present with you, uh, to you, whether it's, you know, a month from now, three months from now, et cetera. And I think setting that groundwork builds trust. It builds credibility and they likely will feel like you've got their best interests versus just looking out for yourself and trying to get something that you don't have because you urgently need to close it. So I, I think it's a great answer. So thank you for that. Sarah, really quickly, you, you said something there that I think is extremely important for people to pay attention to. And, and both Alfonso and Sarah asked, have asked fantastic questions. So pay attention to everyone in an interview, right? Because, because we can learn so much. But something you said, Sarah, you talked about trial closes, but you said, it's not about playing the game. It's not about pretending that we need them or pretending that they need us or they're going to lose something. It's not about the game. It's about taking care of their needs. You said that very specifically, and I agree 100% with that. Yeah. Yeah. And to Sarah's point, right? I think I forget it was, it was said on one of our podcasts or one of our events, but like needy is needy is creepy. Right. If you come across as needy, it sounds like, oh, why? Like, well, why is that? I don't really want to work somebody that sounds needy. And and again, when we're like, again, we've worked with over, I don't know, over 80, 90 joint venture partners that we've worked with. And it is really about all, every single one of those people are different and have different wants and needs. And yes, a return on investment. Like somebody might take a lower return on investment because they feel better about a certain deal or a certain area. And it's not always one one size fits all. And and, you know, not to sound like cheesy or anything, but, you know, to, to be understood is really to understand, right? To understand where that, where that person's coming from. We all have different life experiences, things that we've, we've encountered that we view it differently. So really, really great advice. So let's talk a little bit more about the, the real estate. So what type of investing, what type of investing gets, gets you excited or, or is it just helping investors? Like, did you have a portfolio yourself that you're like, Hey, I really like this type of portfolio because we help people. We, we can kind of parlay a few different type, types of things. What, what is, what does your portfolio look like? I'm being really question, really careful about my questions right now as well too. <laughs> yeah. When, at the beginning, it, it, I didn't know much. So it was just single family homes, wasn't even suited properties. I, I knew nothing and I wasn't very creative in my investing. I, I met a couple of individuals that coached me along the way, fantastic investment for myself. And I started learning creative strategies. So not simply, I don't know, the strategy of, of buy and hold, fi fix and flip, whatever. We've heard the Burr strategy or whatever we've heard of, but, but more, how do we connect with people to solve problems? So again, I, I, go, I, I know that in Ontario agreements for sale aren't as popular as they are out West, but they're absolutely doable. And an, an agreement for sale is this 
magic solution for many problems where, where all of a sudden we can say, hey, based on your needs. So again, oh, you don't want a bunch of money right now because you're gonna be taxed on it? Great, I've got a solution for that. Oh, you, you don't want whatever? So, so actually for my strategy, it's, it's not actually the real estate. I love the real estate, I love the properties. For me, it's about, again, developing these relationships and, and finding the way we can position deals. Agreements for sale are fantastic. Vendor takebacks are fantastic. Vendor takebacks, though, I don't find them every day. Sometimes it takes me a while between vendor takeback finances. But um, as far as actual deals, I would say I like sweet spots. So in certain markets, there, there are sweet spots with certain types of property, certain, certain uh, price ranges. Right now, one sweet spot that I like across Canada are multi-units that are above about 12 units is kind of a magic spot for me so that the financing is easy with banks as long as it's a good deal and under about 30 units though those are to me that the, the big players in real estate are are not interested in them but the small people the, the people that are just starting out in real estate don't even know about them yet so they're i, I like this playing the supply and demand game and then finding those sweet spots that's probably how i would answer that very cool. Now, now, is your focus these days on the real estate or is your focus on the sales and the, you know, everything else that goes around helping other investors become successful? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that my focus used to be really on real estate and getting deals done and helping people. Over the last four or five years, I've actually slowed down on, on how much I acquire and I've really focused on my coaching business. I, I truly, my, my earliest memory of things that I wanted to do were, were being a doctor or a vet. I've always liked helping uh, and, and, and I, I never became a traditional medical doctor, but I, I, I love helping people. And what excites me every day right now is meeting people and finding solutions. So whether that's in real estate, that still happens, or whether it's just with clients that I have, uh, helping them having helping them get to their their goals. And so much of the time, it's it's there just there's such little tweaks that we can make to a situation that starts to solve problems where people have a little more confidence or they feel a little bit more comfortable talking to people or or having those conversations. To me. So much of the time we, we notice, and this is normal for human psychology, we, we notice big things. We notice when somebody purchases a multi-unit and we get excited about that or starts a new REIT, we get excited about that. But the biggest changes that happen in human beings are the zero to one type changes where, where I don't have any properties and I'm terrified of, of asking for money, but I did it and I'm, I'm working on my first deal. Those are super exciting for me because, because those are the people that, are, that, that can take huge steps later on. It's the, it's the start of the process that's most difficult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sorry, go ahead, Alfonso. Well, no, I was going to say just, just recently, you know, Sarah and I have been talking and, and, um, and I asked Sarah, I said, you know, what's new, what's exciting in your life? And the first thing that she said was, I'm so excited. One of my new students, they just went through their first burr and, you know, they're, they're going through the first steps. And I think sometimes we get lost in that, you know, how many transactions, how many deals that we've done. And maybe it's the fifth one, the 10th one, we've done, you know, hundreds of rent to own properties and you kind of get in that monotonous stage. It's just normal. But then when you're seeing somebody else experience it for the first time and seeing it in a different light, it re-energizes you a little bit. Right. And and I think a lot of the time and you alluded to it and I wrote it down here is I think we are in that instant gratification society. Right. Like 
geez, it's called Instagram, right? It's instant, right? We want everything right away. So when you're working with clients, and I know Sarah works with clients as well too, what, what, are, some, what are some practical tips of you know, practicing patience? Because I know myself, and especially you know, in the midst of you know, pandemics and, and anxiety, and we want all this now, and we see the goals, and we see people pulling up in you know, the million dollar homes, and it's probably just sad or something like that. But what are some of the things that we can practice patience to, to get to that point or setting that plan? Is it a course of action? Is you know, because obviously there's a big plan. It doesn't just happen overnight. What are the key fundamentals to, to practice that patience to say eventually we, we will get there? What are the proper steps to take? Yeah, I see that a lot of people kind of fall into the trap of, so we've got like the, the, the people who love, I would say the, the group of people that love the movie, The Secret. Then those, the, the people that go, I simply want to visualize, visualize, visualize. I don't have to take any action. And again, I'm being extreme here, but I don't want to take any action. I just want to visualize, visualize and get everything. Um, and and they live so much in the future that they're not taking action in the moment. And then we've got another group of people that, again, another good group of human beings that, that work hard, work hard, work hard, and just end up spinning their tires because they're not building systems and they're not seeing the future. And I think really the secret of, of what you're talking about, as far as I've seen with my clients, is how do we bridge the gap? And, and we have to think about the future. We need to visualize. We need to dream. We need to see what we want in the future. And we, we need to take action now. Those are both facts. Bridging the gap, in my opinion, is the key. And the way I do that with my clients is reverse engineering and just going, okay, so if this is your goal in two years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, what is something you can do in the next year that will get you closer? What is the next thing, something you can do in the next three months that will get you there? If we bridge the gap, there's a great book that, that talks about this. It's called The One Thing, uh, written by Gary Keller, who started Keller Williams Real Estate uh, Brokerage. Uh, fantastic, again, person that, that, that puts together really simple ideas in a unique way. But it's, it's bridging that gap. How, how do I see myself in the future consistently? I need to visualize it every day. And I also need to see the plan to get there because if I, if I only focus on myself today, I'll, I'll start going off in different directions and get lost. If I only focus on the future, I, I can almost live in a dream world where I'm escaping reality and not taking action. So to, to me, it's about bridging the gap by practicing the planning, by always having the plan in our heads, by consistently reminding ourselves every day, hey, if I do this today, I'm getting closer to this goal. What's the next step? What's the next step? I'm always, I'm writing this out. Every month I write out my, my plans over and over again. And sometimes they don't change at all. Sometimes they change significantly, but it, it's simply to get it in my head all the time. And this is the way I explain it to people. We need to brainwash ourselves because we live in a world where you talked about Instagram and instant everything. We live in a world where everyone is marketing to us. Everyone's trying to influence us towards seeing things their way. That if I'm hungry, I need a burger. Or if I'm whatever, if I need these types of genes, whatever it is. And we need, to, we need to brainwash ourselves more than outside people are brainwashing us. We need to influence ourselves more than others are influencing us so that instead of getting distracted with the bauble in front of us and the new strategy or whatever, we, we are influencing us ourselves so much. We're so on track every day where we're thinking about this nonstop that subconsciously this just becomes who we are, that we're working towards this and nothing will distract us. So many times if you, if you, I just watched that series on, on Michael Jordan. Um, I don't remember what it was called, the 10, 10 uh, show series or whatever. Um, it was, it was fantastic from this standpoint. Jordan had a single focus and you could not 
remove him from that focus. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't distract him at all. He, he could not be distracted. If you talk about people who are, who are higher achievers than anything, talk about Elon Musk or whoever else, and you will find that they don't easily get distracted. You, you can't take them off what they're thinking about. And that's the gift. That's the secret is get so focused on one thing, become beautifully obsessed with something. So much so that that's what you're working towards all day, every day. And that, and that doesn't mean you don't think about others. Again, you think about others because other people fit into every plan and goal. But you, we, we become obsessed uh, on, on, on a certain idea and we work towards it every day. It, is, it was what I, my quick answer would be. That's not so quick. but No, I mean, you, and, you, and you say it well, right? It's just that one thing to focus on and you keep that top of mind. I'm, I'm very big on the examples and the how and you you went back just going back and you were talking about planning and writing things down so you're saying all these great things somebody that's listening to this right now what are some like specific action items that they can say okay listening to this podcast here is how i can bridge this gap here's how i can get get rid of some distractions here's how i can do better in planning Good. So I'm going to give a very simple thing that I give to almost every one of my clients. So if you're listening right now, I want you to take out a piece of paper. You can do this on a computer screen. But what I want you to do is write down what, what is your goal? What, is it a number of properties? Is it an amount of income? Is it what that income is going to give you? Whatever it is. doesn't matter what it is. But when you write out your goal, be really specific about what you want. Make sure that if, if you gave it to somebody else, they know exactly whether you've achieved it or not. So give, give, and this is why dollar amounts are really easy because they're really specific. Uh, write down a date. So really what, what a good goal needs, very few things, okay? It needs, it needs a date. It needs a, a specific thing and, and what you're gonna do for that, okay? How you're going to achieve it. So you write down that goal. And then what I want you to do, let's, so let's play the example of it's five years out. So it's 2025 as of this recording and near the end of the year. And what you're going to do now is you're going to ask yourself, okay, so that's my five-year goal. What can I do in the next year? And I always go, I start my plans always with just a year. I want you to write down on paper, what are one to three things that I can accomplish in this next year, take action on this next year that will bring me closer to this goal. Now, let's say it's, it's an amount of money. It's a, it's a million dollars or it's, it's, it's five properties or something like that. The danger that I see with most people is instead of saying, well, everything kind of ramps up near the end. We always make more money near the end of our goals than in the beginning. They just simply break it up into five. So they, oh, well, five properties, well, one property this year. And that's not the way it works. What I would say is, is have the mindset of that long-term thinker where you say, okay, five properties, well, all five properties, if they came in the last month, just before my, I set my goal, would that be okay? Yeah. Okay. So how do I prepare for that? So what are one to three things? Never more than three, more, more than three things. We get distracted again. We start to get lost in our own head. So one to three things, what are one to three things I can do to, to help myself purchase these five properties. And, and what I would suggest is Think about what you need. What are things that we are lacking? For me, at the beginning of my real estate journey, I was lacking an understanding of how to negotiate. How, I, I lacked an understanding of how to find deals. I lacked coaching and mentorship and those kind of things. So actually, those would be the one things. If, if, if you haven't had coaching or, or experience with that before, I would say, start with that. Start with learning and growth. Even if the first year was just dedicated to learning and growth and getting everything you need and starting to take action, don't get me wrong, but really learning and growing through that action, would that not be valuable? For example, I've got a, I've got a friend in Calgary. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And we were just talking. He's, he's got a new position to open up in his company. I'm trying to help him fill it a little bit. 
um, where somebody's going to be managing, get this, 500,000 square feet of commercial real estate space. So, so he, he, was, he was talking about this and I thought, if somebody wanted to get into real estate, if somebody wanted to buy five properties, would the best thing they could do in the first year not be forget about all the residential stuff right now, work for this guy for a year, make money working for him, and you would get the education of a lifetime. You've got mentorship right there. You're working for somebody, you're helping somebody else, but you're learning and growing at a, at a furious pace, far better education. So make sure it's one to three things for this first year, and then ask yourself, what, what will those three things or less need to be things that I'm going to be learning, learning, growing, so that I can never lose this information. And then once I've got these, so let's like say work for, I'm not going to give his name, but work for this guy. Okay. And if, if that's my one year plan, then I would step back and go, okay, in the next quarter, what do I need to do in order to hit those metrics? So if I, I need to learn about types of deals and I need to work for somebody, then in the next quarter, what do I need to do? Well, in the next quarter, maybe what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll, I'll start to develop my network to find the right opportunity for somebody to work for. Or I'll develop my network so that I, I find the right coach to, to hire. Or I develop my network to do something else. So I'm, I'm simply working my way towards that year action step. And then I'll back off again and I'll ask myself in the next month, what are, what are one to three things that I can do to hit my, my quarter goals or my quarter action steps? And then I'll go back to the week and I'll ask myself, this week, what are one to three things that I can focus on in order to hit that monthly action step? And this, this is why this process is so, so valuable. I'd even do it for my day. So I've, I've got three things. I actually only have two things today, but two things today to focus on so that today is successful. When it does a number of things. One, it keeps us focused. When we have more than three things, we get unfocused. So when we've got the three things that we need to accomplish this month, now I know what I need to do. I know what will allow me to be successful. I know what will allow me to build momentum in my life and to feel good about myself. And we cannot underestimate feeling good about ourselves. When, when, we, are, when we are stuck and we're not taking action and we go, where's your direction am I even going in? We feel lost. That is not a good place to be. But when we've gone, you know what? I don't know all that I accomplished. I, I know that I was distracted somewhat, but you know what? I got these two things done today. And I know that they were important because I think about this all the time. We build forward momentum, we build confidence, we start to feel better about ourselves, and then we are more likely to take action tomorrow and next week and next month. And that's all it is, is it's building momentum in a, in a direction. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for providing all of those examples. And as you're saying this, because at the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about procrastination as well. And I feel like, you know, you're talking through it. And that could easily be something that happens if you don't have those daily goals and those weekly goals and those monthly goals and you don't take little steps towards your five-year procrastination sets in and all of a sudden you haven't moved forward in the five years. Right. Procrastination comes from, from one of very few things. It's either we don't know the next step to take, we don't know how to take that next step, or, I mean, and then there, there can be other things here, but the, the third thing that often comes up for people is, is they simply lack confidence. They, 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 don't, they don't believe that they have what it takes, okay? And so really, growth in towards our goals is simply taking care of those things. So how do I take this step? Well, I don't know. So let's ask somebody. <laughs> let's find out that information. Oh, I don't believe in myself? Okay, well, what is something that I can do where I start building that confidence in some way? And as soon as we, it, it's always the emotional side that we struggle with. 
The logical side is fine. We're, we're fine that way. It's the emotional side and we can take care of that. What am I scared of? How can I handle that? Let's take the next step. That's it. If we're asking those questions, what can I do? What am I struggling with? What's the next step? If I'm asking those questions consistently, I'm going to start moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm going to take a quote of yours there. And you said beautifully obsessed. And I love that. I love that. And, I, and I've been more listening to different podcasts and, and reading different books about the actual process and falling in love with the actual process. Most of the time, like even think about in sports, sports leagues or in, in um, you know, in, in like winning the Stanley Cup or something. Like that. That's the end result. But the actual process, the pursuit the actual pursuit, if you're not falling in love with the actual pursuit and doing that every day, that you're not going to get beautifully obsessed. If all you're worrying about is that end result, the result is not going to give you the fulfillment that you want. It's that pursuit of continuing to get there and, and going along, making mistakes, you know, finding other people that are along the journey. We're all, we're all making mistakes every single day, finding out a better way to do it, right? And, and again, getting that confidence. I think that's what it really breaks down to. I'm honestly, I feel like I should lay back on the couch here. This is like a therapy session. This is, this is awesome, awesome, awesome content. And uh, can't thank you enough for, for the amazing stuff that you've provided for for our right club nation and, and definitely reach out to Mark. But uh, I think we've come to the part of the podcast where we're going to do uh, our lightning round. So uh, Sarah, why don't we start off with our first question of the lightning round? This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. Sounds good. First answer that comes to mind, Mark. Number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or somebody at a networking event? Do something. Take action. Love it. Love it. Great answer. Take the action. We hear that quite a bit. All right. So I'm going to change this question up just a little bit, but what is your favorite resource? So just resource, uh, we say usually for real estate investing, but for a lot of what you're talking about is mindset, taking that next step. So what is one resource? Is it a book? Is it some training, a specific person that you follow? What's one resource that you could share that you use uh, in, in your day-to-day -day life? Such a difficult question. I'm going, to, I'm going to give two and it's going to be weird. So instead of one book or one resource, because everyone's a little bit different, I would say Audible for, for audiobooks to learn constantly in the vehicle and or podcast. So exactly what you're listening to in this moment. Podcasts are free. Audiobooks are almost free. They're, they're such an inexpensive way to learn and grow in the ways that help us. I would suggest biographies of people who are successful. We learn ridiculous amounts from other people's stories. All right. That's a great answer. And that's how I learned too, is listening to those podcasts. And then I started listening to a lot of audio books as well. And, you know, you can accelerate, like you're learning so much tenfold by using these, these things where you're just listening and you're maybe, you know, in your car driving, you're doing chores around the house. Like it, it it's huge to get you that boost. So I'm glad mm -hmm. that you mentioned that. Number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? My curiosity. I am ridiculously curious. 
And because of that, it makes it really easy to engage with people and ask them questions. And, and that really allows me to get in with people far faster than, than, than the people often that I see around me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the curiosity, but I, I want to add is your passion. You can tell that you are passionate about what you do and you actually care about what you do. So the curiosity mixed with the, the passion and the actual involvement in what you do makes you, makes you the, the person that you are. So uh, last question of the lightning round. What are you doing on a typical Sunday morning? I'm getting up at five, same as I get up every other day because it's consistent. Uh, and typically on a Sunday morning, I'm relaxing with my kids. I'm, so I'm, I'm starting getting my mindset right. I still visualize, still do affirmations and look at my goals and, and, and think I'm always, right now I always learn something in the morning. Right now it's French. And then in the morning, I love that first moment when my nine and 11 year old wake up and they come and snuggle with me on the couch for a few minutes and we just relax because I don't have to do anything. I don't have to run anywhere for business. I just hang out with my kids. Often we play a game in the morning. I love that kind of morning. Awesome. Family time. That's great. Mark, where can the Right Club Nation, the listeners reach out if they wanted to know more about you? Yeah, probably the, the easiest way would probably just go to markfrentz.com and, and start exploring that site. I've got lots of free resources there to help people. Really, I do like helping people. I, I honestly love this. So go there. And if there are some free resources that help you, um, fantastic. Um, the, the other thing that I would say could be useful for people is, is on Instagram. And I put these up, videos up on other places. But every morning, five days a week, I put up something called a morning with Mark. So it's, it's simply, I found mornings are key to our days. And so I simply throw out a quick video, five minutes or less, that encourages somebody in some area of life and business. Uh, and that, that's it. So if you want to learn more about me, watch a few of those videos and you'll, you'll see the, the craziness of Mark Frentz and, and get, get to know that, whether you like it or not, and then you can decide for yourself. Awesome, awesome stuff. Definitely check that out. Any, any last words of advice or things you'd like to share with the Right Club Nation? Here's, here's my last words of advice because it makes, has made such a difference for me and it makes a difference for everyone else that I know. Sarah, we were talking before this, Alfonso, I can tell us about you. We need to trust ourselves enough to invest in ourselves. And so many people think I don't have time, I don't have energy, I don't have money. The fact is that those are the times to invest time, energy, and money in ourselves. If we, Benjamin Franklin said, if you, if you empty your purse into your head, that will be the best investment you make. And in other words, and it's not all money. You don't know, it's not always have to be money, but invest time, energy, and money into yourself, not into Netflix, not into the next game on your phone or whatever. Invest it into yourself because no one can take that away. Once you understand this stuff, so many gurus have said, you can take away everything from me. And in the end, I can have it all back in months. Why? Because I, I understand how it works. And if, if you invest in yourself, you know how, now have something that nobody can take away from you. No matter what the economy does, no matter what pandemics are coming out or anything else that's going on, you have in yourself what you need to grow and have relationships and business success and real estate investment success, whatever that is. So invest in yourself. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Mark, for being on our show. Thank you for your insights. And uh, in Right Club Nation, go check out Mark's website and uh, get the resources because, you know, we are helping everybody grow. And, and I think, Mark, you've done a great job with providing so much valuable information today. So thank you so much. Sarah Alfonso, thank you so much for having me on here today. 
All right. And that was a wrap. I'm, uh, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm glad that we spoke to Mark and he's provided a ton of amazing insights and investing in yourself. I mean, you know, I, I have another podcast, as you guys know, and one of the questions is if you lost everything, your assets and your money tomorrow, how would you start again? And a lot of people will answer, well, my, my brain is still there. My knowledge is still there. I would start again the exact same way, but now I have more skills and more, more knowledge because of that experience. And so investing in yourself, I mean, those are, are real words. And I, I believe that no matter what happens in a good market and a bad market, you, you do, you know, your, your self-investing and your, you know, your learning and your education and, and all of that. And you'll be able to, in my opinion, ride that wave, the up and down much more easily and efficiently because you've invested in yourself. What about you? What's your, what's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I, I love what he was talking about, you know, when, when you smile more and have a pleasing personality. And one of my favorite books of all time, right, was winning, um, uh, was it? How to Win uh, Friends winning, and Influence how to win, People. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, I, I always forget the title, how to mix it all up. But it, it really is, is that, you know, having that, seeking to understand, everybody's got all these different experiences. If you never learn when you're talking because whatever you're saying is what you already know. You learn when you're listening. And again, I'm, you know, I know sometimes I, I ramble on and go on too much and talk a little bit, but I, it's that excitement that comes through of hearing those experiences and asking those open-ended questions, right. And having that, and you know, that, that's the biggest skill I think um, that, that we get to practice a lot on these podcasts, right. Is asking these open-ended questions. If we were just asking people, yes and no questions on this podcast, I don't think we'd have the, the followership and the, and the listeners that we do because it'd be pretty boring, right? Think about young kids, right? When they're two, when they're three, four, five, six years old, they're always like, why? And what's this? And what's that? What's this? Like, if you want to practice your negotiation skills, like talk to kids, they're going to ask and ask and ask and ask and, and being inquisitive and, 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 and wanting to get to those answers. So um, I think that's something that we both share is like, why? What's that? And you don't just take it for face value. And, you know, we talk about, you know, selling, you know, selling people on our investments or joint venture partnerships, and you're not, you're really helping people understand. And um, that, that's, yeah, there's a bunch of takeaways there. Like I said, in the podcast, there's almost like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and just like you said, it, it goes back to what can you do to help others? And I think by helping others, it's going to come back to you tenfold, but don't make it about you as the most important thing. Make it about the others and the more value that you give to others, you know, the more will come back to you, whether it's from whatever standpoint that you're looking at from a financial standpoint or from, you know, a happiness. well, lots of st stuff can make you happy, but, but look at it. How can you, you give the most amount of value? And I think that will be the best. If you're thinking about getting rich quick, it's not about you. How can you help others get to where they want to go? How can you provide content? How can you provide value? And I think in return, it's going to come back your way. So Mark is awesome. Guys, check him out. Also, if you haven't left a rating or a review for the podcast, if you could, that'd be amazing. And in uh, Right Club Nation, check us out now online. Don't forget to register. It is free. Check out all of the great content at therightclub.com. Alfonso, what do we say? Come grow with us and see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.